HEAT is a Horizon 2020 funded project focusing on heating and cooling on a pan-European level. Heating and cooling is responsible for roughly half of Europe's energy and it depends mainly on fossil fuels. The project aims to raise awareness on that fact as well as propose alternatives. Together with Karsten Rothpaller, coordinating within ICLE Europe and my guest for this episode, we are going to discuss precisely what these alternatives are. Welcome to the EU Project Zone, a podcast series from Enlit and Friends, focusing on the energy transition and the EU Commission-funded projects that will help us achieve it. My name is Areti Daradimu and I am the host of the EU Project Zone. Welcome, Karsten, and would you please describe in a few words the Act on Heat project? Thank you very much, Areti. Yes, Act on Heat, a very exciting project from our perspective, is to accelerate strategic heating and cooling planning within municipalities. It provides the framework uh, methods in a structured way for municipalities to lead their decision-making towards decarbonizing heating and cooling systems. First of all, it starts with a vision. Uh, a municipality needs to have a vision of climate neutrality that is uh, nowadays in order to really set all tones within the different departments in tackling that. It's an um, integrated question, it's an integrated solution that we are striving for. So the vision is extremely important. Uh, next to it, we have then usually a stakeholder group looking at the different possibilities of decarbonizing heating and cooling, which eventually then also makes an inventory, an analysis of what are the potentials for renewable energy intake, for excess heat intake, looking at the city in its different tissues, different zones, different scenarios that can happen here in terms of accelerated decarbonization, what types of fuels can be used. And here, Act on Heat also provides exactly that knowledge, together with tools like hot maps, which facilitate the scenario building, for instance, or the analysis of renewable energy potential. Together with also a second tool, which is called Thermos, which is an address level modeling tool, which enables municipalities to decide faster where to extend district heating systems, where to take in excess heat options within their municipality. So these strategies based then on decision making processes of policy options, infrastructure options can then through Thermos be explored in a pre-feasibility mode and based on that we can implement the decarbonization much stronger, much faster and that is what is ACT on HEAT about. So which needs of the EU energy sector is it covering and how precisely? I mean you did mention municipalities and so I would assume it would be a consulting role towards them? Exactly. We are offering to 120 municipalities our support, expert support, manpower, women power, so to say, to make decisions faster using these two digitalization tools, which I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. It is an extremely important issue here. We are talking about 50% of our energy consumption. So if we want to decarbonize, if we want to become the climate neutral continent by 2050, Heating is a fundamental aspect here to tackle integratedly on all levels. So from the European level to the local level to the even neighborhood level, these decisions or that perspective should be clear. And within the heating sector as well, we are talking about 75% uh, 
of dependency of fossil fuels, in particular on gas. Heating is very much gas-related and the prices have just doubled or tripled. And actually, those brought us into the energy crisis, honestly. And here we are tackling uh, with strategic thermal planning, not only the climate adequately, but also issues like social coherence, energy poverty. So these issues are connected and within the heating sector here becomes very evident. But to be able to give this kind of consultancy to tell a municipality, for example, what it needs to do, you need various experts from various sectors, not as much sectors as, let's say, within the energy sector, various experts. So who is involved in this project? Yeah, several expertise is coming together here also for this endeavor. The project is led by Fraunhofer, is a renowned applied research institute in Germany. And then together with TU Vienna and its spin-off eThink Energy Research with an energy research focus here, we bring expertise from science into decision-making processes of municipalities. Moreover, we have the programmer of Thermos, that is the Center for Sustainable Energy in Bristol in the UK, here with that perspective of digital modeling and facilitating visually the decision-making between different stakeholders. And then paired with consultancy knowledge of Creara in Spain and Eclaria in Germany. And last but not least, also ECLE local governments for sustainability in a city network, a global one. I'm from the European Secretariat here, understanding government's processes within municipalities and wanting to improve them in terms of decarbonizing heating and cooling. Apart from the municipalities, is there anyone, any other group that is a target group for you? We have also, since we are aiming to have 120 municipalities supported and actually also to say a call is just out and open until the end of this year to apply. So municipalities are encouraged to use our expertise to use to get their support here. We are targeting the political as well as technical level on when we are talking about municipalities, but actually also city utilities can apply, energy agency. The buzzword here of this conference as well, energy communities are also able to apply for the benefit of their municipality in developing a, a thermal project, bringing that forward. So these are all different options. We also have ambassadors as never good to walk alone. So in that sense, we have also 20 ambassadors that support, see the value of this unique project see the value of our support in the process. And here we gained the support of energy agencies like DENA or the IEA, of private companies like Danfoss or even foundation like the Heinrich Böll Foundation. So it's quite diverse. Uh, many stakeholders within the overall process see the value of this approach of our structured possibility of support and which makes us kind of proud. Yeah, it is not surprising because heating and cooling is quite important. And as you mentioned earlier, it is based mainly on fossil fuels. So I would like to ask you at this point, with what kind of rest can we replace fossil fuels? And with rest, I mean renewable energy sources, of course. Yeah, there are many, many 
alternatives to fossil fuels, really. And that is, I think, already understood by many, but can be understood even by more. So let's give you some examples. District heating, for instance, is a wonderful connector of different sources of renewable energy and then comes down to really making an inventory of local potentials, what is available within the city boundary and even beyond, so in the region that could be used. And here we are looking at geothermal, geothermal energy, that's something which Mischkos in Hungary, Munich in Germany or uh, in Milan in Italy are doing. Then we have also the potential of solar thermal uh, possibilities of connecting here. The Danes are really ahead of us and present good cases. We have the option of biomass in a sustainable manner, uh, which is done in Graz in Austria or Gothenburg in Sweden, for instance. We can use also large heat pumps like Turnout in Belgium or Trondheim in Norway is showing us. And, and this is also a very important aspect, we should use excess heat. There is a tremendous amount of excess heat, which we are just wasting without using. Alone, the electricity production is releasing as much heat as our entire European building stock is using. So we are just wasteful and that needs to stop in order really to make the difference. So we should look at excess heat options in chemical plants in Antwerp. We have examples, the port of Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Then also wastewater heat could be recovered. Here, Cologne, a neighboring city here of Frankfurt, is doing that. We should use data centers more strategically when we are do the urban planning. That's something that Stockholm does, uh, for instance, meaning heat from data center are deliberately used and data centers are deliberately placed at points where there is a demand within districts nearby for heating. So that interconnection should be used, can be used. There is also the possibility to use the waste heat from the metro system. That's something that Eastlinken in London is doing. So there are many ways. Even coal mines can be used as a storage system for heating, for energy, so to say. That's something which is done in Asturias or Bergheim here in Germany. So the options to decarbonize and replace fossil fuels are tremendously wide. It's again coming to a strategic thermal plan that is suited for the locality, for the one that is place-based here in combination with blue and green infrastructure complemented. But for all of these alternatives to actually work, they need to be feasible. So I would like to ask you, what does that mean in terms of cost and time? Can we implement renewable energy sources that easily? It's always a matter of political will. Uh, we come back to the vision and political decision-making, but also technical decision-making. Technically, it's all possible. There is a wonderful study, Heat Roadmap Europe, which is led by the University of Aalborg, which I always cite as here we have it's one study that shows that actually we do have the possibility with existing technologies to decarbonize right now our heating and cooling system with existing technologies ready supplied by the market by up to 86 percent and that tells us that it is a political failure and not a technology one if we are not achieving this by 2050 and here of course there are also costs brought forward but which are substantial in investments but our dependency similarly on fossil fuels are also vast and prices are quite volatile as we can see so 
the added value chain of making money is outsourced out of Europe. So with heating and cooling, which is supplied by local sources, we internalize these added value chains and by that also creating jobs and expertise within the location which we are supplied with. So if political will is one problem you need to tackle, isn't also the diversity within the European Union another one? So given the diversity within the EU, is it possible to talk about one solution for all member states? I would say no. I would agree. Because the point is heating and cooling is a very local issue because it depends on local supply if we talk about a decarbonized system. We're also talking about in the future more and more about an integrated system. So actually the thermal sector is a facilitator between electricity and mobility is energy storage that has been tremendously forgotten next to batteries as well. So And then in principle, one can have a certain approach that where the heating and cooling demand is dense, here district heating and cooling really makes sense in investment. And he is able, as I explained, to connect various sources of renewable energy supplies of excess heat or that can be used even down to supermarkets if we talk about the fourth generation of district heating systems. But then when there are urban tissues which are not so dense in heating and cooling demand, then here also heat pumps come to play. So it's a matter of energy efficiency on both sides, on the supply as well as demand side. Here 50% can be saved in terms of carbon emissions and then it comes down to either quite dense areas where district heating should be favored and less dense areas of population where heat pumps are really the option to go for. It makes total sense. However, since we are within the European Union, we cannot completely disregard the pan-European level. And here is where the EU Commission comes into play and the rules and regulations created by the European Commission. Would you say that what we already have is enough or are we missing something? What needs to happen still? It's always good to ask for more, but I think we are on a good way. I think the Commission really, since five years, are understanding the importance of the energy sector, as I was citing, 50% We're talking about 50% of consumption here and here within laws that uh, within directives that has been and strategic papers, this is taken up adequately. The renewable energy directive, so to say, for instance, is one indication here asking for member states to increase renewable energy shares within the heating system by more than 1%. Now the third renewable energy directive is discussed. So we're becoming more and more ambitious here, rightfully. And so from the European level, of course, there can be more, but we are on a good way. Similarly, on a local level, there are legislation with the Fit for 55 in place, which asking for potentially a mandatory heating planning of cities with the size of 50,000 inhabitants. So it trickles down to the local level and the local level needs to be prepared. And that's why Act on Heat is so important. And that's why municipalities should apply to receive the support that we are giving them for free. I think this is crystal clear. Carson, thank you very much for uh, this interesting conversation. Thank you so much as well. Thank you for the invite. And thank you all for joining us. You've been listening to the EU Project Zone podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and the Enlit Europe website. Just hit subscribe 
and you can access our other episodes too. I am Areti Daradimu, host of this podcast series, and I thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.